Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. By the 400 metre marker, third quarter in 28. It's Leap to Fame. Leap to Fame out in front. The margin is now seven metres. Teddy feels good, can do no more. Tim's a trooper, trying hard. Classy Washington comes up deeper. Then, and making a run deeper was Glen Eagle Warrior. They're into the home straight though and he's off and gone. Dixon with a sustained look over the shoulder. He's just mucking around here with Leap to Fame and he's going to race down to the line and score easily under a vice-like grip as well. Leap to Fame Classy Washington. Glen Eagle Warrior. Maybe Captain Kirk Fort nosing out Tim's a trooper. Teddy feels good. Yeah, Leap to Fame, as we mentioned, runs this afternoon at Tamworth. The current price, $1.45, 270 about Teddy Disco. And the horse that just ran fourth in that same race, so Tim's a trooper, is $6.50. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Those three three-year-olds all stepping out today at Tamworth, of all places, in a Breeders' Challenge heat. So I'm certain the top two will qualify will certainly go through to the next stage maybe the top three depending on how the other heats uh shape up but definitely top two so one of these three-year-olds potentially could miss out teddy disco is he going to find the top pretty quickly i know you're about to get an insight into that right now yeah i think so steve uh, he's a high quality horse dual group one winner earnings just shy of two hundred thousand dollars and uh, he lands the inside gate so He's one of the horses to beat as it stands right now with Tab. I think Leap to Fame's $1.45. Teddy Disco at two seventy. The man that puts the polish on Teddy Disco is Sean Grimsey. And he is uh, at the, uh, the, the well, he's in Tamworth right now. He went down yesterday and he joins us online now. Sean, appreciate the time. No worries at all, Chris. Did you expect to run into the Dixon train duo of uh, Leap to Fame and, and uh, Tim's a Trooper when you nominated Teddy Disco? Uh, when I nominated, yeah. Um, yeah, I was aware they were heading this way. Yep. So was your plan always to head to Tamworth? Did you know that Grand Dixon was heading to Tamworth or did he make a late change? Uh, he was, as far as, like, with speaking with him, he was um and gun, ahhing about going to Penrith or Tamworth and then, because he's got to press on to Victoria, so, um, but I think he opted for Tamworth because he can go back home and then fly his horses to okay. Victoria. So. Mm. You went down yesterday. Do you come back tonight or do you come back first thing tomorrow? No, I'm going to um, put the horses back at Jamie Donovan's after the races and oh, I want to be gone by sort of four in the morning. But, yeah, I'll give them a rest and let them have a feed and get going early. Okay, so you went down yesterday. How did he handle the travel? Because it's what about a seven, seven and a half hour trek to, to Tamworth? Yeah, there was a little bit of road work, so it ended up uh, seven and a half, I think. So, no, he he no, he did he did well actually, probably better than I thought. So, yeah, I was really happy with him. Was there any concern about him handling that sort of long uh, float trip? Uh, uh, it well, obviously. The concern is whether they eat up, and although he's been become a really good eater, um, like last season and the beginning of this year, he probably he wasn't the best eater, and I just didn't know how a trip like that would affect him. So, but no, he was he ate really well last night, drank well, so and seems bright today. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, Sean, it's Steve. Do you think you'll have leap to fame outside? You were on your back today. 
I want him on my back. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know how he gets to the outside because Tim's a trooper, hasn't got enough gate speed, I don't think, to apply too much pressure. So, and I can't imagine they're grabbing up. So, with Tim's a trooper, so I don't know. I, I just, if he gets off, he'll be straight round, but yeah, I don't know if it's that easy. But surely he'd just be happy to stay on your back, though, wouldn't he, Sean? It's only a mile this race. Uh, you're a high quality. Let, let's face. I'll ask this question first and foremost. The three best horses for this Breeders' Challenge three-year-old Colts and Gildings division are they all going around in this heat today at Tamworth? Um, oh, I rate them highly, and obviously Mahone's won again last night at Bathurst, and um, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin have got Captain Ravishing now, but. I'm not 100% sure what their intentions are with him, but I think we'd be happier if he didn't come to the Breeders' Challenge. Yeah. But to have all these three clashing in the same heat at Tamworth of all places, it just seems a little odd, but it's the situation that we face. But just going back to the tactics for today, if the first two are safely guaranteed to, to go to the next phase of this series, sitting on your back would be the best spot to be. I think so. Um like I, I've never been to the Tamworth track, and um, I know it's not not an overly big track. So, yeah, I think if most horses, you're probably better off to stick to the fence. And if you're already there, well, it looks a good chance to secure your spot without even having to come three wide at any stage. But that being the case, wouldn't you be holding Teddy Disco up for as long as possible if their leap to fame's behind you? Is there a potential, oh. Chris, that he could miss out on a placing here, if that's the case, like all dressed up and nowhere to go on the fence? Possibly. Sean? Well, that's where the... Yeah, I suppose that's... Um, there must be some line of thought there because our horse has been supported to, to beat him and... Well, I do think Leap to Fame is the best three-year-old in Australasia. So, um, yeah, that that does become a problem as well. But if there's no okay. room to get off, there's no room. There's no sprint lane at Tamworth, is there? Oh, I'm sure there's not. No, I didn't think there was. So, uh, You've opted for the local driver as well, Tom Ison, your regular driver, Nathan Dawson. He's currently suspended. But... Um, would have Nathan made the trek to Tamworth if he wasn't suspended, or were you always thinking just go with the local? No, no, Nathan. Nathan would have come. I, I'm not even sure. If, I've got a feeling his time's up, but he's he's holidaying in Western Australia, so that um, yeah. But uh, if he was home and not suspended, yeah, he, I'm sure he would have come down. Okay, yeah, but we're Is... lucky to get the leading driver down here, so. Do you expect any issues there? Is he an easy horse to get on with Teddy Disco? Has he got any sort of odd traits that, you know, Tom needs to be aware of? Oh, no, not really. He is pretty He is pretty easy. Um, he's got good gate speed. He's, yeah, been driving well and he's, um, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't pull. So I don't, yeah, I don't think um, it'll be a great problem for him. Um, yeah, he's a quality driver anyway. So, Just going through these two horses, form lines, Leap to Fame and Teddy Disco, they've only met twice, South East Derby and the Queensland Derby? Oh, I think they raced each other once as a two-year-old. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, they were, yeah, once as a two-year-old. So, yeah, we haven't beat him yet. 
But as I say, okay. is today your best opportunity? I'd say so. Like you, you're drawn one over a mile around a smaller track. Um, yeah, all, all, we've got all the favours. Um, but you know, if you beat him, I'm not saying he's a better horse. It's just sort of, just the way the cards fall on the day. Mm. Your horse has got a, an exceptional record at Redcliffe, which is a half mile track. Could could that help him today? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I do think so, yep. And Tim's a trooper. Do you, do you think he ends up just being parked outside you? Do, do you? do you expect pressure to be applied by Tim's a trooper? Um, oh, he, like I think he'll be outside us. Um, I don't I don't think Robbie's going to sit there and just let us run a half in 65 or anything, but, yeah, he'll turn it into a race at some stage for sure. I mean, crazy mm. if you don't. I know Robbie's got a very good record driving Tim's a Trooper. He won the Breeders' Challenge last year with Tim's a Trooper. However, are you surprised that he's making the trip from Menangle to Tamworth today to, to drive Tim's a Trooper in this heat? Um, oh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't really because, like, obviously, assuming that they both the Grants can make the finals or the semis, however it plays out, like Robbie is obviously the first pick for Tim's a Trooper and. I know he likes the horse a lot, so yeah, that um, probably wasn't that that surprising that he came up here for it. Okay, how, how long would that be for for Robbie to make that trip from Menangle to Tamworth? Oh, when I Google Maps, it, it was I think five and a half hours. Yeah, so it's a solid trip. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. Now, am I right in saying that the top two are, are guaranteed to to qualify for the next stage, and then what happens? Is there a chance that a third horse could qualify as well? Well, it, um, asking people and what I read, like basically the winners go through and then obviously the seconds get the next pick. So it depends how many heats they are. And then if they don't take all the seconds, I believe it goes on season dollars. So I'm pretty sure out of um, the three Queensland horses, they'd all have enough money made this year to, to get a spot if they could run second. Um, but yeah, other other years sometimes they've got through with third and fourth, so it's a little bit up in the air where, where you've actually got to run, which I suppose is frustrating. Mm. You're basically a, a neighbour of Grant Dixon. Is there any chance that he's all going to carpool together? Because he's left at first light this morning to get down there to race, and then he's coming straight back tonight. I'm led to believe. So was there any thought about carpooling? Ah, uh, no. I'd, well, not unless he was going to leave yesterday, which he wasn't. So, no, I wanted to get down the day before and less stress on me, less stress on the horses, I thought. Um, yeah, and just take it easy. No, um, take the rush out of it. Not a big fan of rushing. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, now, after today, do you come back? How much time do you have before his next start? Um, well, hopefully we make the semi final, and that's. 22nd of October, so I think that's five weeks. So that's the obviously the plus to doing the down and back thing. There's there's a fair old gap there to um yeah if, you, if anything comes of um they don't travel home so good or whatever you've got plenty of time. Okay, what if the unthinkable happens? Not only with your horse but also with Leap to Fame. Do you have another opportunity to contest another heat somewhere else? Yeah, well, we we got. Um, 
we've got Newcastle uh, October 14, but that because you've already had a run, then you've got to try and get another run, and, and then obviously Grant intends on being down in Victoria with his two, so um, how for the derby and how he goes if he tries to get another heat into him after that, um, yeah, I'm not sure what his plan would be there. So yeah, there there is another opportunity. Um, I think there's even ones at Menangle, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, if we um, can run first or second today, we'll just stay at home and be confident we're going to get a run in the semis. Okay. Did you give any consideration about putting Teddy Disco on a plane with Leap to Fame and maybe Tim Zatrubit to go to Victoria and contest the derby down there, or you're solely focused on the Breeders' Challenge? No, I'm, I'm happy um, doing what we're doing. Um, it's oh, like as much as I like my horse, uh, and you know, if everything went his way and the the like catch a wave and Captain Ravishing and Leap to Fame had zero luck, I suppose you say you're an outside chance of winning it. But as we saw in the Queensland Derby when we drew bad and we sort of got held up a little bit, well, we were happy with his performance, but. I think he got $150, so it's hard to justify the airfares and time away from home. Whereas the Breeders' Challenge sort of fits in easy. Um, we can take him, just drive him down ourselves, and, you know, if everything goes to plan, you sort of, I'll be away two weeks. So, yeah, it's just, just easy and easier that way. And obviously, mm. it's a bit more restricted. Like, even a horse like Rip can't go to the Breeders' Challenge. So, yeah. Narrows the pool down yeah. a fair bit. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Uh, just on Teddy Disco, his last start came in that Group 1 size stakes final, the triad final. Uh, he was unlucky because he had that awkward draw off the second row. In your opinion, should he have won that night? Oh, it, you'd hope he could have. Um, like, the leader was super. Um, can't take anything away from that. I mean, he's, he's led in, I think they went 54-3. He, he set all the pace. We we had a, a good trip along the fence, like finished off terrific. Um, who knows? But you, you don't know how hard the other horse was going to kick up if you got closer to it either. Like he's a quality horse, Captain Shuffles. So yeah, they, they they had the gate speed to lead and 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 run solid time, and yeah, they won. So uh, you can't you can't worry about what might have been. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll take but it he's fit and ready to go today. Yeah, yeah, super happy with him. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. it's all good. Well, there's going to be plenty of eyes on this race today. Tamworth, race seven, 4.50 star time, <laughs> three-year-old Colts and Gelding, Breeders' Challenge Heat. It features all the star Queenslanders, Teddy Disco, Tim's a trooper, and the Jewel Derby winner, Leap to Fame, who's drawn the inside of the second row, drawn directly behind Teddy Disco. Sean, really appreciate the time. Best of luck today and safe travels. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Sean Grimsey talking about uh, Teddy Disco there, Chris. But, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. Like, If you're Grant Dixon, what do you do? What did you say you need to run one, two to qualify? Yeah. If you sit on the back of Teddy and uh, they slow up, and obviously <laughs> the driver will know that he's behind, so do you, do you just hold the feel up, you know, hold him up to the feel, you know what I mean, and never let the other horse yeah. out on his back. Anyway, who knows? Um, yeah, it's very interesting. That, that's probably the luxury by having a, a stable mate in the race. They can ensure it is going to be a genuine tempo, so all horses will get their opportunity. But 
if the rules are right and only two go through, one of them has to miss out. So three doesn't go into two, does it? So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Anyway, what do you think? On the back or come around? No, I think he'll stay on the back. I think he'll have uh, respect for Teddy Disco. I've got no doubt he'll lead that field because he's a brilliant gate speed horse. So only being a mile, if you just keep him on the back of Teddy Disco, it's not a taxing run today. And as Sean just outlined, he's travelled down today, he's got a race, and then he's going back tonight. So that's a a big day. Uh, And then he's got the Victoria Derby coming up as well. So if, you know, if he elects to stay on the back of Teddy Disco... He'll give him every chance, and it's a it's an easy run, you know, without sort of, you know, busting his gut. Mm, I know it's some of those smaller tracks, though, Chris, with no sprint lanes. Sometimes you see these horses just yeah. go to the line under a hole, but never get clear. Anyway, interesting stuff. Great time as well, as you said, 10 to 5. Chris Lang's with us. Chris? Chris Lang joins us, and I want to talk to Chris. I haven't spoken to Chris for a number of, uh, I can't remember the last time I spoke to Chris, but he's got a good one. We know Chris Lang is the best man with a trotter in this part of the world. He is an absolute freak, and he's got himself another good one. You go back to the days of Sundon's Gift, uh, Sky Valley. Uh, there's so many, and I'll get through them a little bit later, but he's got another one. He's unearthed a, a potential star here in Olivici. He's aiming for, what, six in a row on Saturday night when he steps out at Melton. He goes around in race two. Drawn gate eight, the inside of the second row. Chris Lang is joining me now. Chris, appreciate the time. It's a pleasure, Chris. I, I was beginning to think that perhaps you'd forgotten my phone number. <laughs> well, I, I can't forget that uh, that number, and I can't forget that uh, that sound of your voice as well. Uh, you're an absolute star, and you've got yourself another good one. Yeah, it appears that way. He um, he's a lovely little horse. I went to New Zealand, you know, a couple of years ago with the intention of. Uh, finding a good one and you know I, I got the Tats Lotto ticket basically or the winning the winning ticket I think so time will tell okay well give me the background to how you got your hands on this horse so you've gone to the sales over there the yearling sales was it love at first sight when you laid eyes on this cult uh yeah I think it was when when I went over there you go to New Zealand they have the Auckland uh, leg of the sale uh, before the Christchurch leg. So you go to Auckland. And, I mean, you sort of go to Auckland, you haven't seen the ones down south. That's why the Kiwis have a bit of an advantage on us over there. But there was nothing in Auckland that really blew me away, even though there, there's always some you like. We tend to like too many, I suppose. But when I went down south, <clears throat> I hadn't bought one. So I started looking down there, and I narrowed it down fairly quickly. And... I kept coming back to Olavici. You know, I, I couldn't fault him. Uh, his breeding was impeccable. Uh, you know, the biggest drama was going to be for me, I think it was later in the sale, that if I didn't get him, I think I was going to end up missing out. But I thought, well, I'm going to fire all my bullets, if need be, um, on Olavici. And as it turned out, uh, you know, relatively, I got him for 51000 New Zealand, which I thought was pretty cheap. And it's... It seems to be like it, it's going to work out that way. Yeah. Orlando Vici is the sire of Olavici. Have you worked with the progeny of Orlando Vici previously? Not. I'd had Red, White and Bloom. Uh, Red, White and Bloom. He he was he's an Orlando Vici. 
I'd sort of just looked him up and I knew some, you know, with my time in France and that, I knew some people and I just asked about him because I, I think, you know, they, they can make a big impact over here. You know, the European stallions, similar to what the American ones have. So I, I checked him out. I didn't know much much about him myself, but I, I got a lot, lot of um, positive reports on him, basically. And I thought, I love the family. You know, it's a great New Zealand family. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'll I'll take my chances. He's a half brother to the millionaire Stend, isn't he? He is, and also my Aria, which came over here. You know, yeah. like he was a literal blue blood. I I still don't know how I got him as cheap as I did on on the day, other than the fact that he was an Orlando Vici, and perhaps that, you know couple of the other, other trainers, whatever, thought that they wouldn't, uh, they'd wait and see or whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, was he too flashy for the Kiwis? Because he's got a bit of white on his head. He has got a lot of chrome, matey. Um, <laughs> I got to admit, I was dubious about that. And, and I can't remember how many times I went back and looked at him, but um, I, I was a little bit concerned about it, to be quite honest, because... You know, they, these flashy ones, they, they sort of can be a little bit all flash and no cash, you know. So, um, but no, he he didn't have anything wrong with him. So I bought him and, you know, he's such a flashy type. Uh, Chris, he, he, he make, he's making me look good. He's that flashy. Did he show you something from the get-go? Yes, he did. I broke him in and everything early days. He... Um, He's got a great style. Like, he reminded me of a lot of the good trotters that I'd seen when I was over in Europe. So I liked him from the get-go. Um, he was a very relaxed, calm horse. I really, really wanted to leave him as an entire, but unfortunately he had a paddock accident early in his two-year-old days that um, sort of made it difficult for me to leave him. And he had to be locked up and, you know, it would have created a fair few complications so i did really want to leave him stay he's got a beautiful temperament and there's very little that we can find to fault about him okay well he's now won nine from 16 this season he's unbeaten he's five for five he's won four from five at melton he shoots for six in a row on saturday night um the, the hype is real there's no doubt about it this is a uh, another interesting test coming up on saturday night you meet some Pretty handy types. Just Believe was placed in the Inter-Dominion. Mufasa Metro's a proven feature race winner. There's a few others there. Can he overcome the inside of the second row? Yeah, it, it'll. Be, it's an interesting race. Like you say, each of his races lately is a, is a step up, and this is another one. Number eight is a awkward draw. You know, if you want, if a, a good one's going to get beat, it'll get beaten out of number eight. You know, so, but you know, the inside of the second line, so. Mufasa Metro is a very good horse, as is just believed. Like, it's quality right through. Uh, there's only nine in it, so that will help me a little bit. But, it, you know, it's going to be an interesting race for him. For him. Mufasa Metro is first up, but I, I think he's, he's, he's good from behind. So I, I still think he'll be a factor. Um, it's not going to be the end of the world for me if he doesn't win again on uh, Saturday night. It's... Like I say, we're still learning about him as as we go through. He's had five runs. He's sort of been drawn to lead each time, so that's what we've done. But I still think he's going to be better from behind, and this Saturday night we'll be uh, watching closely.
Okay, what are we looking at long term? Spring is now upon us. So uh, we've got some great races coming up in the spring, summer in particular. The Inter Dominions in your own backyard this year. Is that a long term target for Olivici? Yeah, it is, Chris, and it's not that far away, I don't think. You know, the heats of the Inner Dominion, I think they're only 10 or 11 weeks away or something. So so they are definitely a target because it's in our backyard and because of the way the horse is, like he's a very relaxed customer. So I don't think, you know, even though it's a big ask for a four-year-old for a series like that where you're having the four runs in uh, 15 days, but I think he's a horse that looks after himself so should be able to cope with it. His more immediate target after Saturday night, I think uh, 10th of October, is the Bill Collins sprint, which uh, we will... That'll really be his first big test, I think, at the elite level. Okay. Say he gets to the end of the minion, everything goes to plan, and and you win it as a four-year-old. Is it pie-in-the-sky stuff, or is there a possibility that you could be headed back to France or Europe and, and, you know, chase a a race like the Elite Lop again. Yeah, well, it, it, it's good to dream. So, I mean, if he was good enough to win the uh, the Inter Dominion this year here, it's another six months to the Elite Lop, basically, at the end of May. Um, if the Swedes were interested, I'd definitely be interested uh, because I think still when I took good old Sundon's gift over there, it's one of the greatest experiences and achievements of, of you know, our trotting career. So I, I, I'd be there in an instant. Does the winner still get a, a free pass or is there that connection between Australian officials and the European officials? Well, I'm not sure that you get a free pass, but I do believe that if you're interested and, you know, they're interested, then there can be some middle ground reach quite easily because it's, you know, mutually beneficial, I would say. Yeah. So that just sort of speaks how how much you rate this guy, Olavici. So um, I'm not asking you to compare him to Sundon's Gift, Let Me Through, National Interest, Kai Valley Road, uh, you know, Sky Valley, but you've had some outstanding trotters, but this guy is obviously headed in the right direction. Yes, Chris, it is. It's, it is difficult to compare, but he he doesn't seem to have any chinks in his armour, this guy, as of right now. You know, he can, you know, he seems he can sit, he can lead, he is very relaxed, he's a good racehorse, and, and like I say, I think he's got a lot of weapons, but potentially... One of his best weapons, I think, will be his sprint. You know, he can really wind out a very quick quarter come off speed. So he, you know, sooner or later, they they can't win them all. But um, he's going to run into the money a lot of times at at, at every level. And I think he's very suited to uh, the European style of racing. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to one day say, oh, yeah, the best horse I've ever trained. But I, I, I do get a bit carried away these days. <laughs> but just looking at all the, all the vision and even some of the photos, he wears next to no gear. Yeah, that's right, Chris. He's a beautifully gated horse, you know, and um, he doesn't uh, need much gear at all, like you say. And he... Um, he, I think he's going to get stronger yet. Like he's, we've said, he's only had 15 or 16 starts. And, 
you know, I had few issues with him as a three-year-old uh, that, you know, I've been able to resolve over the last, you know, sort of six to nine months. So at present, you know, everything seems very good and he's just, you know, he's just a natural and uh, he, um, you know, like I say, I still think he's got uh, more scope left in him yet. Okay, well, can't wait to see him strut his stuff again on Saturday night. Race two, number eight, Olivici is the name to remember and jot down. Uh, how many are you currently working, Chris? We're working about 17, I think, at present. It fluctuates between about 16 and 20, but I've, I've still got room for one more Olivici, just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> Tell me, have you got a good one for Emilio Rosario? I know you're working a few of those stride trotters. Is there a good one amongst them? Yeah, he's got very, you know, well-bred and they're quality animals. Courage Stride, you know, he's amongst our best three-year-old trotters. He hasn't snared a big one yet. He, uh, you know, had to play second fiddle last year to Plymouth Chubb, but he, he's a lovely horse. Uh, Ultimate Stride's come over from New Zealand. He's had a few issues for us to sort out since he's been here, but he's nearly ready to go again. I think he's good enough that he can win a group group one. Uh, you know, he's already won a couple, of, you know, but I think he can do it again. And there's a filly's got here called Glamour Stride that um, is probably not, well, she's not going to race till she's three-year-old, but I think she could be special if we can get everything right with her. And, um, you know, with the stock that Emilio breeds and, and gets his hands on, you never know what's around the corner. So, but, but they're, they're high-quality horses. All right, well, we'll keep an eye out for them. But we'll be uh, watching Olivici on Saturday night. Chris, good to catch up. Best of luck, and hopefully uh, I'll be making a few more phone calls in the coming months. I'll I'll make sure I'll recognise your number again. (laughs) Uh, Good man. There's Chris Lang joining us. So uh, he's got a real good one there, Olivici. So he steps out Saturday night, race two, number eight. And uh, I know uh, dreams are free, but uh, when he starts talking about taking one, uh, internationally, and he's talking the elite lot. You know, he's talking serious because uh, he knows what's required. He did it uh, with Sundon's gift. He made that long trek across. He made some lifelong friends over there, so I'm sure he's keen to get back, and he might have mm. the right horse to fulfil those dreams. So time will tell. Chris, just in regards to the Tamworth race today, I did send Ryan Spice a message just to get his thoughts on what possible tactics could be with Grant Dixon leap to fame. Ryan got back to me, he said, I've tried to clarify if two or three runners qualify from the heats. The answer is unclear as it depends on how many heats they run. He said, my gut feel is that he might stay put, but the op- if the opportunity presented to get off the fence, he probably would take it. So I just thought that was an interesting comment there from Ryan Spice, who'll be with us tomorrow. Chris, form analyst and punter on um, yep. mobile rolling. Absolutely. We'll be able to break it down by then. Well, what should they do to honour Chicago Bull, Chris, at Gloucester Park? Matt Young's with us. Matty, good morning. Morning, boys. Is there a statue? Uh, it wouldn't be a big one, would it? True, it wouldn't cost much. <laughs> <laughs> they could probably uh, build one for Quinny and Bully and get change out of a normal statue. So, um, yeah, he's been a great horse. And, um, I mean, most people would have said that they could see this coming uh, after his form over the past couple of months. And, yeah, I think the, the right decision's been made. And they don't want to. They don't want to tarnish his legacy. And yeah, it's been it's been a great career. And I think uh, people, myself included, forget how good a horse he was about uh, four or five years ago, 
when he was he posted Lazarus in the Fremantle Cup and run a sensational race. He placed him into Dominion. He won pacing cups. He's uh, he's done a lot of great things here in WA, and um, he's been one of one of our more exciting horses over the past decade. Yeah, and his record probably should be better given that situation some years ago when he went to New Zealand. Yeah, that's um, that's a situation that uh, you just I mean, it doesn't matter how safe you are with horses, anything can go wrong. And yeah, they truly it was truly remarkable for him to be able to get back and reach a level of racing that uh, we saw him reach pretty much, and uh, because there was serious concerns that he would never race again. So uh, to see him get back and perform at the highest level was really exciting. And he's just had a great career and um, we'd love to see more horses like him here in WA. Maddie, you know that the Hall's really well. You're a golfing partner of Junior and you know Senior so well. You know he loves a challenge. Do you still think that it would have been a really difficult call to, to, you know, call time on his career. Do you still think, you know, there's that little bit of an itch for senior to think, I can get him back. He, he can still compete, you know, and these big races are just around the corner, the Frio and WA Pacing Cups. They come up in, in January. Do you, do, you, do you think there's going to be any regret there for senior? No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, he's... Senior's he's pretty straight down the line, as we all know, and um, he's pretty self-aware, and he knows when his horses aren't performing at the absolute best. And even when Bully was coming back and they were expecting him to perform to his best, he was still a cog or two below what we had seen in previous seasons. So um, he, I think the decision would have been pretty comfortable after his disappointing run uh, to end his career, finishing in last after sitting in the breeze against Bolton 10, he's just, uh, he just would have shown signs that he'd had enough. And being an older horse now, there's also niggling issues that not many people would know about. I'm not sure if there were niggling issues, but horses, they deal with arthritis and stuff like that coming through as the older they get. So um, I, I'm sure there would have been a few underlying issues, whether to keep sending him around, but it would have been probably to the detriment of the horse. So I think... The owners and senior would be pretty comfortable with their decision that they've made heading in towards the summer carnival again. Just that article I read this morning, and one of the articles I found it was revealed when he went over there in that incident, he had six broken bones in his back. Yeah. Yeah, he... Um, uh, I remember speaking to Junior, who he was distraught um, about the whole incident, which because he and Madison Brown went over with the horse, and so it was under his care, and um, he... He really blamed himself when, I mean, you can't blame anyone for things like that happening, but, um, yeah, he just didn't move uh, for the initial part and they thought he was gone. So uh, the story is an amazing one. And uh, it, hearing that and knowing what he did to his back and uh, the bones and everything, to see him come back, and he recorded a track record at Gloucester Park in 151 and a bit when he came back. So it just shows how good of a horse he was. Mm. The other definitely, thing too, definitely and stunted his career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it probably cost him a New Zealand Cup because he was set to travel from the, the North Island down to the South Island. Uh, given how he performed at Auckland uh, the night before, he was probably destined to win that New Zealand Cup that year. But... Anyway, that's um, that's neither here or there. Now, just just on Bully, 
he retires finishing at the rear of the, at the rear of the field at his most recent start. Quinny, as we know, retired after a Group 1 victory at Albion Park when he won the Blacks at Fake. It wasn't meant to be his final start, but as it turned out, it was. So he goes out as a winner as a Group 1. Bully goes out, finishing at the rear of the field in a free-for-all at Gloucester Park. Again, without pulling to harbour on it, does a senior or junior think he deserved better to go out rather than finishing at the rear of the field? Oh, no doubt. They would have loved to have given him a swan song where he won, but um, as horses get older and a bit longer in the tooth, their best times start to creep down a little bit. And then you've got uh, the younger horses coming through that we've seen. Labra Joe is a classic example. He's just a four-year-old jumping Jack Mack. Diego continues to improve. Uh, Volton Tin, he's just a marvel in what he can be able to do. But, yeah, this is... Amazing to see what um, some of those horses are able to do over the years. But he's um, he unfortunately isn't able to go out on top. And trust me, they didn't want Quinny to go out on top, but he uh, had injuries come mm. to the fore after winning that race in uh, Brisbane. And that's just, that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, horses aren't machines. They have the injuries. And, yeah, not everyone gets the storybook ending. Yeah, that's for sure. Is it a case, though, of out with the old, in with the new? It's a stunning program tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Are the Hall Stables set to unleash their next big thing when I'm the Black Flash goes around in race nine, the two-year-old? Yeah, well, he's pretty impressive uh, doing the replays for He's Never Been Better for his race at Pinjarra on Monday. Uh, he was heavily involved in racing against or trialling against the Black Flash at least, and the Black Flash just looks... A different gravy and we saw the performance of he's never been better he slipped home in 27 on uh monday and the black flash has got the draw i think he'll make a winning debut here in the west yeah he looks a good horse there's no doubt about it. that's a really interesting race race number nine as i said it's a stunning card there tomorrow night group one features we've got the westbred classics wonderful to fly we know you've got a uh, a close association with this filly she's got to overcome the inside of the second row is that is that bad? Uh, I actually think the draw is really good. Um, okay. Everyone in the race is going to be trying to do the same thing and they'll, they'll want to try and get a forward position and get to the best spot and then, uh, you know, maybe hand up to Shane. So I think Shane, he's, he's going to have to ease off at the start and sit last and then make his move. So... But I think the draw's not too bad, and the barrier draws made things very interesting for a lot of others who will be trying to do the same thing, in my opinion. What odds will she be tomorrow night? Uh, I priced her about a dollar forty. I think she might drift out to about a dollar fifty, dollar sixty. But um, I think she'll still be a pretty popular horse for the multis, even though. If you put it this way: if she drew off the front line or she drew the lead, she's a dollar ten chance. So yeah, uh, you're probably getting a little bit of extra interest there, and I think she'll be able to go on her winning way. I'm. I'm Fairly confident that nothing in this field is going to be able to go with her. Little Darling, first up, has got a great deal of ability, but it is first up, and a few of them are coming back. They're either first or second up, so she's just got that turn of foot that uh, I'm pretty sure neither the boys or the fillies will be able to keep up with. It's just whether they can outstay, and her last run was absolutely scintillating. So, yeah, I think she'll um, be able to make a group one win tomorrow night and 
I really hope so for Shane because, um, it's, as we've spoken about before, it's a once-in-a-lifetime horse. Yeah, absolutely. So that's race number seven. And if she wins tomorrow night, her earnings will pretty much go past $400,000, which is quite remarkable. What about the uh, the Colts and Geldings final, which is race six? Swing band, uh, he was knocked off last week. Can he bounce back? He can bounce back. Uh, Ryan Bell always mentions about this horse not being... Uh, he just gets away from him a little bit and he's has to really... Uh, really tighten the screws and get him get the best out of him. He's got the hood on. He loves to race him a week before a feature. So seeing him get beat last week, I'm not that concerned. Uh, the hood goes on. I expect him to run a pretty good race tomorrow night. But it will be an interesting race, that's for sure. But uh, good fellas, looks the one to beat. It's a big test for him. And he can fire up in front. So there's a lot of depth in the race. So he wouldn't want to be um, undoing himself too much with his keenness. But it's a big test for him. He's only had a handful of starts. Okay, so he races six and seven. Where do we find your best bet tomorrow night? We kick it off in race two, number four, Doc Holiday for Michael Young Stable. Uh, Young is doing a fantastic job with his team. And uh, he's second up. I thought his first up run was good. He's got a bit of gate speed. I think he can get up outside without the Tahu, I think might be a false favourite, uh, depending on what the price has come out. But I was pretty confident that Doc Holiday could sit parked and win this race. So race two, number four, Doc Holiday.